Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Natalie and Dennis Show Podcast. podcast. <gasps> Do you guys see anything different here today? If you're on YouTube, you will see the visuals. Here's the thing. Dennis is stressed out right now. And that's okay, honey. It's okay. We all have stressed out days. I first want to say thank you so much for being the leader of this podcast, really, <laughs> and getting us going every single week. Yes, sir. Today, it was a little tough. Um, David chipped his tooth and is stuck at a beach somewhere. <laughs> so we are having to take over, unfortunately. So literally five minutes before the podcast started, I had to move Everything. all the cameras, lit- take control of all of it. We're about to cancel the, the But it's show. all good. But we're here in the hood. Look, honey. It's called budget cuts. I brought something for you. To make what did you bring happy. me? Oh, oh, I actually had prepped these for my background. <laughs> I brought you your Pokemon cards. <laughs> Listen, guys. Okay. This week, first of all, happy Friday. I hope that you are all doing very well. This week was my 29th birthday. Can you believe it? I'm in my late 20s now. Wait, we should get the little... T- <laughs> Wait, the what? Oh, the clapping? <laughs> I have to go in and clap? No, that's okay, honey. That's no okay. way. Wait, applause. And I have it here. That's all right, honey. I know. It's a little bit difficult today. <laughs> and, you know, I I feel like I learned a very big lesson that I'm going to die one day. Damn. No, seriously. I think about this more often than... Than I do. I don't know. I think about it a lot. And I think it's just a constant reminder of like things like this, like today. Yes, we were stressed out before starting this episode, but like at the end of the day, like, will this all matter? It probably won't. We'll be fine. We'll get through it. Really, we will. And we need to live a more relaxed life, you and I. Like, I know, I know there's more to things mm-hmm. and I'm stressed right now. Yeah. And it's totally fine. I'm normally not stressed. I never. tend to, I tend to never really be that stressed out. Yeah. But, you know, I do need to make this work. I understand. Now. And that's why and, I want to thank you for it. And so that's why I'm in my brain right now. <laughs> and I, I made it work or whatever. I don't want, but I don't want to dwindle on that. I want okay. to actually do the podcast yeah. and like the episode, what was planned and whatever. But I do think it's nice to cut, like throw the current out a little bit and be like, this is real life. And sometimes like stuff like this happens mm-hmm. to us. I don't know, because here's the thing. I've been doing YouTube for so long and I always used to see everybody as such a, like a picture perfect life, even though they would always say this isn't real. This isn't this isn't real. Now that I'm behind the scenes, now that I work with you, now that we have fights behind the scenes and like all this stuff because of work, like this is real life. And so mm-hmm. I think it's nice to showcase like, let's say once we're on episode 100, which is our goal, we yeah. can look back at this and be like, shit, you remember that? It's going to be crazy. It was it's all good. It's but. I mean. We're barely on episode 10 and we already hit some struggles, <laughs> you know, like this it's, was a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like perseverance, I guess. But we're exactly. committed in the long haul. We said 100, 100 episodes. episodes, no matter what. No matter what, we'll we'll reevaluate then, see if we still love it. I, I have to tell you, I was looking forward to this all week. <laughs> yeah. And because we didn't record last week, it just feels for the first time in a very long time, like it's something I actually want to be doing. Mm hmm. Cause I think YouTube got really stale for me. And when your passion becomes stale, it feels like you're losing a part of yourself. You know, fortunately there's at least only three cameras. Wait, what? There's only three cameras right now. Cause yeah. usually we have like five because of the computer. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm like 
wide me <laughs> natalie me wide all right don't make don't get him dizzy don't get him dizzy now but anyways um this week was my birthday and it was really special because I do feel like it's a transformational year for me. I just feel different. I feel like I want to start living my life a little bit different. And I'm also proud of Dennis today because he's sick and he showed up. You're, you've been really sick. Yes. The first time I don't get sick when he's sick, which is also a huge surprise because once you're with your significant other, obviously you sleep in the same bed, all this stuff. Sometimes I'll go up to you and I'm like, and I'm like, I can't kiss you. I'm not going to get sick. She'll like Natalie will walk up to me and she's already has like her puckered up lips like that. And then the moment she realizes I'm sick, she like backs away. It's all in the, in the power of avoiding sickness together. But anyways, um, so it was your birthday week. Yeah. And And it was so nice. I do want to talk a little bit about it. Yeah. You had this little thing where you say that I've lost my romance a little bit. I do. Sometimes you tell me that like you've lost your, I've lost my romance and that I don't put too much effort into things anymore. It's just that I think when you think about how you used to be, which everybody's like this, you would like bring me flowers. You were like super I don't know how you say like detail oriented. I don't know. It doesn't really translate, (laughs) you know, I I do want you to know, though, like I try my best every day. I know you make you feel good. So it's not like it's not like it's just like a birthday thing. I I don't only go out of my way to make your birthday feel good, but I try to make every day feel good for you. Right, honey. Um. So I'm I did grateful. I did at least make you a card, which you posted on Instagram. I thought that was funny. Listen, I just think that it was so sweet. Dennis came in at like 12 at night. He was playing video games and he comes in with this like really special card. And I love when you hand draw like things. Yeah. And it was like, happy birthday to my female. And then inside, like you drew Drooper all derpy and cute. And it's like things my wife wants for her birthday. Chickens, uh, fruit. I don't know. Yeah. It was really special. And I, I was like teary eyed. I'm even teary eyed now thinking about it. It was really sweet, honey. So Natalie's been super into like gardening the past week. I'm so excited for my spring garden. And ah! super into chickens. I love chickens. I want my own chickens. And very much into like animals and just outdoorsy nature kind of stuff. Well, here's the reality. This is why I feel like 29 is transformational, right? Remember how I said my word of the year was authenticity? Mm. I've always been into animals. I've always been into like free life and like living relaxed and like peacefulness, right? Now I'm just like really owning that for Mm. myself. Like even today (laughs) I was like, do I want to get all glam for the podcast or do I want to just like be myself and put on this beautiful outfit that my mom got me? And like, I, I decorated this with a bunch of gardens or not gardens with a bunch of flowers and it just feels me and I love it. I mean, it looks great and you're really owning up to the things that you love. Yeah. Um, but it's like a balance. You know, sure. Even the, this doing this podcast is a balance mm. of tell me about that. We're two people, and we yeah. only have a certain amount of time in the day that yeah. we are willing to give to work. And exactly. then there's other things that we want to do, and so there's projects and things, right? And for me, the podcast is big, so I'll, uh, at least ninety percent of my time is the podcast. Yeah, I would say like sixty percent, seventy percent of your time is YouTube. And the other stuff I would say is like very managerial stuff, like talking to people, meetings and stuff like that. I would say for you, your podcast time is this. It's literally like 10%. This moment. It is this moment. I show up and I, and I record and I've enjoyed that. Yeah. However, I do feel like today being very forward, right? You were like, I feel like you haven't really been a part of the podcast. You said that to me. And I (sighs) was like, 
no, you're right. I really haven't. I just kind of show up and that's it. And it's made me reassess. I want to be more a part of it. I really do. But however, it's like what you said, we only have a certain yeah. amount of time in the day. So I'm going to have to give up some things and that's okay. I'm only saying it though, because like you, you've told me more than once, Hey, I really enjoy the podcast. And so I'm like, I do, I do think to myself, if she enjoys it so much, why doesn't she put more time into it? Right. Yeah. And, and so, but at the same time, mm-hmm. the, the thing that could be the reason why you enjoy it is because you only just show up and that's your dream for everything else. <laughs> right. So no, it's, no, it's, no. It, no, yeah. And no, 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 it's not though. It's not. Let me tell you this. Okay. If you were to put the amount of time that I put into scripting and prepping, mm-hmm. you might lose the Love happiness that you feel for it. Mm-hmm. So there, it, there might be a reason why things are the way they are and they maybe should continue the way they are. Oh, I like that. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I just want to say again, thank you for allowing me to be in this position where I get to just kind of show up and yeah. you are taking the ball with everything yeah. else. But it did make me realize I want to be more a part of it. You know, like I think things that I really enjoy is like after the episodes, really reading comments, commenting and all of that, like I'm very active and doing that. And that takes time as well. Definitely, I'm not just like, thank you for listening. It's like somebody's telling me a story about their dad passing away or something. And I'm like going deep with them. You know, that's the most exciting part. I mean, even right now, episode seven, Uncomfy Questions is currently premiering. Yes. As we're doing this. As we're doing this. And so it's like, yeah, this is going on right now, but there's like other things going on at the same yeah. time. It's, it's, it's heavy, but at the same time. And that's why. Yeah. Go tell me. I just wanted to say like. Because again, 29 has made me reflect on my life. Do you feel like you are present right now in this moment? It's well, first of all, I'm, I'm adapting to the switcher. Sure. No, and no, no, so, no. I know this. You're right. Not like in this moment moment. Do you feel like in this time in our life, you feel present? I feel present. Cool. I, love I feel, that. I feel very present because of surprisingly the gym makes me feel present it is like a sanctuary. And it's very interesting because I saw a really funny TikTok a couple of days ago and it's like me when I go to the gym. And so the person like walks into the gym and it's like their mind kind of like clears mm-hmm. kind of like you and your morning gardening. You yes. Know? I look forward to it. Yeah, you're right. So we all need like those rituals in our day. Yeah. Right. I just, I think it's important for me to ask you that because we took on the podcast as something additional, right? Yeah. And remember when we sat down and we're doing our finances and I was like, I was like, do I have to keep doing this forever? Right. And you were yeah. like, we're just doing this because we want to do it. I'm doing you this because I want to. Exactly. And because I feel like we don't earn anything from this, this at this very moment. We're actually losing money. No, technically. It's fine. We're investing in it. It's, you know? it's enjoyable for me. Yeah. They're okay. Like there's Twitch streamers out there that just Twitch stream to nobody. Wow there's like one viewer That's or hard, zero yeah. and, and like I game and, I, know, I, and know. I could Twitch stream it, but I don't. But if I did, if there was only like two people, like I wouldn't be so happy. Like there's currently, I think the last time I checked was 60 people concurrently watching our premiere and I'm, live. I'm like so happy yeah. that there's 60 people. I'm like, <laughs> it's literally the best. The, there were, Gary V did a very interesting thing. Sure. He talked about it a couple of days ago. He said, do I feel bad? Cause I have 13 million TikTok followers and only average 50K views. And he says, no. Oh, interesting. He he says that even if if he's not averaging that many views Mm -hmm. comparatively to his subscriber base, that there is an active audience that is 
consuming his stuff and that he's okay with that. I don't know how you feel about it. No, I think that I love that perspective because the more you get into this and the more it becomes about numbers and stats, it, it loses like that fun. But also I think people, how do I explain this? For me, there was a time where I saw my own personal worth from my numbers. So I was like, holy shit, I'm not getting 500,000 views in 24 hours. I suck. Yeah. Like that isn't what I was verbally telling myself, but mentally I was kind of there, you know, and then it makes you exhaust yourself. And that's why I ask you, like, are you present in this moment? Are you enjoying what we're doing? Because we don't have to be doing this. We do it because we are choosing to. And that's actually been one of my affirmations. Like that's what 29 feels like to me is like, I choose to do everything. And that feels freeing to me. I enjoy our work. I enjoy filming TikToks. I enjoy filming YouTube videos. I enjoy doing podcasts because at the same time, like I feel we could potentially have, we have more money in the bank. We can invest in just properties and live off of rent. But what what the hell would I do? You know, I actually like talking to my friends Mm. and being like, yo, we filmed this funny ass TikTok today. And, and they don't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. But like, I love being in this world. Yeah, me like, too. I love it. I loved VidCon. Yeah. I know and I you know you did it. I know. But like, but I'll going, explain why I didn't like it. And that's, but let me just like really finish yeah. my idea. It's like, I love being a part of online media, the culture, digital culture. Yeah. It's so fun. Like, I remember it's the best. It's exciting. Like old school YouTube. And we weren't on the platform like when it was like super old school. Yeah. But I like being a part of a community. Me too. And I love like gaming and streaming and beauty and all sorts of stuff, you know? I think to an extent, do you feel like that's kind of lost a little bit? A lot. Or is it just our age? It feels different online, huh? Right? Well. I find myself gravitating more towards niche communities, like gardening, like journaling. Like I'm not really, I don't know. It's weird. Like I feel like. The excitement I used to get when I used to watch someone like Michelle Fawn or like my life is Ava is gone. Like, I don't feel that for anyone, you know? Yeah. Like I heard something where it's like, where you get, you know, like you're so excited. You feel like you have to take shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like that's what YouTube (laughs) would give me. Like, you're like, oh my God, somebody posted. I don't have that anymore. I feel that way when certain creators post okay who give me like like linus and marquez and even recently our podcast like i'll watch our podcast and even though i was in it and i edited (laughs) it and i posted it and i did everything about it like i'll rewatch certain things so like recently i posted one where that was like would you rather your mom die or your pichuchu melt off right and then and so i i've watched that like (laughs) 20 times and it's stupid i'll sit there watching my own story yeah yeah right and like i'll watch it because i enjoy when i'm posting or like the the creations i'm making for promo and like all sorts of stuff Mm -hmm. you know i enjoy it and even if no one was watching i'd still create it it's just fun for me you like editing great promo i really enjoy editing it's hilarious sometimes i'm like it's a little bit out there, but it's your style and it's you. It's fucking, so. it's weird. And I, I like that. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I, today's podcast obviously started off kind of weird because of just uh, budget cuts, you know, budget cuts, budget cuts. There's we're down no at, budget we're cut. down to two people. No, we're not. That means still in it. <laughs> no, he is. Right? He, he just, just couldn't, his tooth he couldn't and make it today. He couldn't make it today. Um, so anyways, no, <laughs> You're but firing this looks, him on the no, podcast, no, <laughs> You're like, budget cuts, budget like this is the situation. Like this oh. is janky. We're in our garage. I think it's fucking awesome. A podcast. No, it's not really our garage. Anthem, so. I think this is great. It it's looks cool. so cool. You know what this reminds me of? What? Have you ever watched Ridiculousness? 
yes. on MTV. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the people on there, he actually is the guy that does like the camera work. I think this is cool. I yeah, almost no, love it, it. It's interesting. I, I just missed that either a little you bit. You do stare at my fingers a lot though. I do? Yeah, you've been looking at my hand like switching oh, my bad. cameras this whole time. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look elsewhere. I also missed that because he does give a little bit of input, but he couldn't make it today, obviously. So yeah. okay. So I did want to get into just in general talking about our childhood. And it's I'm I wanna mm. talk about it because it was your birthday week and like reflection and like sure. talking about, you know, growth and like growing. I first want to ask them, because he, here's the thing. I went to a childhood trauma retreat mm. and I I didn't really have a lot of like, yes, I did have childhood trauma, but it wasn't to the extent of these girls that I went to. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them, like they got, re, you know, like a lot of bad stuff. Right. I'm curious to hear from them. From whoever's listening. Um, what was your childhood like? Like, did you have a good one? Is that a triggering question to you? Or when you think of your childhood, does it make you smile? Like, how does it make you feel handsome? Well, for me personally, I had a wonderful childhood. Although there are things that I, looking back, realized weren't great. And really? what the thing is, like, it depends. I didn't have bad parents, right? It's just circumstances sometimes cause certain things to be the way that they were. Tell me about it. Tom. It's like, I don't know how to explain it to you. But like, when you have really great parents, they can cover up for things that are missing in life. Sure. And I don't know how to explain it to you, but like, what was it for you? Well, I lived in a really bad area, you know, and and even like education wasn't very good. So tell me where you live. A lot of people people, don't know this. So you were from Natalie was born in Chicago. Yep. And I'm from Rhode Island. Right. Mm -hmm. So Rhode Island is known as like a very wealthy place. Mm -hmm. Like it's like it's primarily white. Sure. Boating, fishing and whatever. Right. But I live in an area where it was like primarily Hispanic, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it was like really ghetto apartments mm-hmm. and like schools were really like low tier. Um, and it's interesting cause like we didn't have any AP classes. Even I was only there for middle school, elementary, kindergarten up until freshman year, but like the whole school in the whole school, each grade had one honors class. Oh, wow. That's it. Right. And in that honors class, it was like six of us. So huh. there's like in an entire school, there's maybe like 20 honor students. So there wasn't like resources for that type of stuff. It felt like, or no, I feel like the school is neglected. Mm-hmm. Like it was like this when, when you're in an underprivileged area, I feel like you're oh, kind of yeah. left alone. So is that what you felt your parents covered up? Like, did you not realize you weren't in an underprivileged area until later in life? No, or? I, I always knew I was in an underprivileged area, but I even lived in an under like the quality of the, of the houses that I lived in mm-hmm. weren't very good. What was it like? Well, you know, you're poor. I don't want to say I was poor mm-hmm. because surprisingly my mom worked really well and she made enough that like we did better than most people that were in my class. Like I was sure. probably the, the richest poor kid. Like if that <laughs> but even your mom makes worked sense. in a factory. She worked in a factory. Yeah. Which tends to be threading and making yeah. rugs and, and she, like yeah. hard. And my dad worked with plastics. And yeah. so it's like tough manual labor. Right. Like they would work probably for like very little. Why is this making me really emotional? It goes to show that our parents work really hard for us. Right. And so like one of like the telltale signs of like poverty is like. If you were to go into like my kitchen, like, you know, like the 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 doors, like the hinges, like they're like painted over and like they look like really dirty. 
Yeah. And everything is like oxidized and like bad. You know why I got emotional? Yeah. Because I thought about my parents. They always worked as janitors. Yeah. And like I noticed that whenever I'm at a restaurant, I always do my best to like clean up after. Yeah, I do clean that up too. After because yeah. I always remember my dad's like, like I don't know, I'm getting so emotional. <laughs> it's fine. I feel like those topics. See, that's why I was saying with childhood, there's something a little triggering about it for me specifically. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in general parents like I feel stri- really grateful striving for my parents to help. Yeah. We should have bought freaking tissues, honey. <laughs> 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 but okay, so what I'm trying to get at is is because I want to also for you to input sure. your childhood because I feel like I've talked a lot yeah. about mine, but like I lived in a bad area, whereas I feel like you live in a better area than I did, right? So my mom, well, both my parents <coughs> were, you know, obviously immigrants. They work very low income jobs, and but they worked at a really great school. They were janitors for like so many years. Mm-hmm. And my mom would get a lot of benefits, but also my mom was very savvy with money because she was an accountant. And she's always been very business savvy. In Colombia, not here. In Colombia, yes. Yeah. So I felt like my mom was always the kind of person that she would push all of our family out of like poverty in a way where she would be like, like she was telling me the other day, here, the houses that we currently live at, Mm -hmm. like my parents didn't have money to afford for this, but my mom knew about all these like programs for certain people that would help. And then she would like line up and like ask hard questions with her, like broken English and all that stuff. And, you know, really aspire to more. And so I think that I always had a really lovely childhood because I was always in great schools. Um, my parents were always in homes that I feel like was way above what they could afford Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I feel like, I do feel like your parents had more of a business entrepreneurial mentality. Yeah. Whereas mine were very work employee exactly. labor. And that's why your childhood and my childhood were different. Yes. You know, because for you, you had your golden retriever and you live in the <laughs> suburbs and you lived in like, I lived in fucking the suburbs. Yeah. That's insane. And I lived in the city yeah. with a goldfish. I had a goldfish too. <laughs> but like I couldn't afford but a I pet. Just, but what I want to say is like that came slowly. Like my parents worked their way up. Yeah. You know, my mom was never afraid to like say she deserved to be in a certain room and make room for like us, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I just, I lost my train of thought thinking about my mom. Well, for me, a big thing about your mom that stands out is she speaks English, you know? She learned and, English, And yeah. for a lot of people, like, a lot of, like, racist people, I'm saying, like, in this country, they say, oh, why don't you learn English? And it's not easy. Like, no. learning English isn't easy. And, like, I would say out of 10 immigrants of my parents' age, maybe two master English. Even and my dad, my dad till this day, he knows English, but so broken. It, it's like the type of English you learn from like English in Barreras. So like oh in no, a, my dad learned cassette. from English in Barreras. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I remember watching him go through all those cassettes and be so frustrated and he'd have notebooks and notebooks yeah. and notebooks and you know, all of that stuff. One thing I do remember about my childhood that also gave me that perspective that you had, which is like, you realize, oh, we weren't that well off is yeah. I know a lot of 80s, 70s and 90s songs. Mm-hmm. And I people always ask me, why is that like my, Your why do I like playlist that? And stuff, yeah. yeah. And it's because my parents would always take us to Burger King for dinner. 
because mm. that's all they could afford. You know, it was yeah. inexpensive. And Burger King would always play 80s, 70s and 90s. So like my entire, but like it, even little moments like that, you're like, oh, I, I was there a lot. Yeah. You know? you know, a lot of Hispanic food tends to be cheap and it's like beans are cheap. Rice is cheap. Lentils, lentils are cheap. Lentils, yeah. Um, like the amount of times I had rice and ketchup. And I, I told you, I told, <laughs> you, told you this a couple this days ago. Day. Wait, why was that? I was like, do you want ketchup? I'm fucking traumatized by ketchup. And Dennis this was like, no, I don't. And I was like, why? It tastes so good with this. You need to eat it with ketchup. And then you mentioned that to me that yeah. growing up, you would always have rice and, rice ketchup. and ketchup. Like meat wasn't always a part of like my diet. Yeah. It was like rice and ketchup. And like, I also think I was a picky eater. I, it's not always like they couldn't. It's not that they couldn't afford meat. Let's yeah. say like I like this. It's not even like that, yeah. right? No. But for me, rice and ketchup for some reason are like symbols of my childhood. It's I weird. Get it. And and for me, it's Burger King and like the little weenies <laughs> from a can. Oh, like, same. My dad fucking, would like, always I, give it. I can think of that. Let me tell you something. At lunchtime, okay. Well, first of all, in my school, I went to a suburb school, like you said, yeah. right? And I was one out of three Hispanics in the entire elementary school. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay? So like I stood out like a sore thumb, like literally in pictures, it's like a bunch of little white kids and it's like me, yeah. <laughs> like literally with like cut up. You live the good life. I'm I know, I know. but wait, wait, but I mean, wait, I do wish I had seen more diversity because I, I didn't see it until here. Mm. But anyways, I do remember being a little embarrassed to open up my school lunch because my food was so different. I remember that. And I remember my friend, one of my best friends, she was from Bolivia and she would always pack like something. It was like a sandwich with like a really thin meat. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, what was it? I don't know. Some kind of drink that looked like a, uh, an alcoholic beverage. The Malta. Malta. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And she, she would literally eat it like, like so, you know, she was like hiding her food because all the other kids would have little like soups and cute little, you know, American snacks. There's a lot of like traumas that I am starting to understand that I had. Like what? Like, first of all, I started at the wrong school. So oh, that, 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 that was, that was an issue. Just communication with my parents that? and English and like all thing. these things is like bad. So pre-K was, no, kindergarten was fantastic. I did very well. First day of first grade, my parents took me to the wrong school. And so right away, like that was really traumatizing. Going to school was, was traumatizing. I would vomit. I would like, I was. But they took you to the wrong school because they didn't understand. I was, so my, my street was weird because my street was half zoned for one school and half zoned for another. And so like, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly their fault. It was like, just a, a mistake, mm -hmm. uh, whatever. So then I ended up going to another school. On the third day, I, I ended up going to that other school twice, two, two days without being enrolled. Yeah, without being enrolled, <laughs> I just showed up and walked the halls. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that is traumatizing, yeah. honestly. So then I show up to the right school, right? <laughs> and then in the morning, you know, teachers need to like guide kids more. Tell me, they're like they do roll call. There oh, goes shit. a flower. My flower fell. <laughs> oh well. So they do roll call, and they're like hot or cold lunch. I'm like, what the hell is hot or cold lunch? I don't understand that. <laughs> and then I said cold. And that was a fuck up as it was. Cause like just saying cold lunch, like you just mess up just that. So then lunch comes around and I go to lunch and I get a PB and J cause that's cold lunch. Yeah. I didn't know that. Cause they have to make them in the morning. 
And then everybody's got pizzas and hamburgers and shit. I'm the only <laughs> dumbass with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm like, why? And I, can I change it? Lunch lady's like, no, you, you pick cold lunch. Like mm-hmm. you can't switch it. And that makes you feel segregated. And that in a way. scarred me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that yeah. impacted me till like fifth grade. It's I did not eat at school anymore. I took uh, my own lunch because I, I had like this weird fear of like not belonging or something. No, it's like I never like to be pointed out me. And so when I make an error, I did something. It was very odd. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know. That whole yeah. dilemma traumatized me. And then in, in terms of what lunches I took to school, man, I took pancakes. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to be balling. <laughs> I took panalinhao with cheese. What? I took empanadas. Hmm. I would take what sandwiches, Colombian cheese. It was just weird mashup A of, stuff. of stuff. Yeah. It's whatever they could find in, in, the, in the fridge or counters or whatever. Cosmic brownies. Oh, They're, those are good. Those though. are really good though. Yeah. Yeah. But then in fifth grade, I actually grew some like, you know, balls and got food at school. And it was Aww. great. I, like, I really enjoyed being at the table and eating what everybody else is eating, like partaking in that. Right. That's I don't interesting. Know. Huh. That, that's really. No, I didn't really know that about you. I it know I had heard that story, me. but I didn't know it affected you like that. It did affect me a lot. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Hmm. What did you take to school? Well, my dad would always struggle for lunches i don't know he just he would pack literally everything like little weenie <coughs> things what's up with dads not knowing how to do the little girl's <laughs> hairs and not knowing how to like pack lunches properly and i think that's the other thing see my mom worked all uh all throughout the day mm-hmm. was it the day or the night my dad was with me all day right so she worked throughout the day something like Didn't that your dad work at a graveyard also, my dad did everything. Let's be honest. <laughs> Your dad worked at a graveyard. The, the stories he has. <laughs> the gra- he has this story where they were trying to get this fat ass man into the. Uh, yeah. The, the ground. The ground. And like the thing fucking exploded. Oh, no. Oh, and he gross. said it reeked. That's Anyways, terrible. Um, I, I, I lost my train of thought again. But yeah, I'm the really grateful. I just have to say I'm really grateful for my parents for everything that they've done. <laughs> and I think that's why it's such a soft like hearing you talk about like your childhood and stuff. Yeah. Like I just feel so grateful for everything that my parents have done. And it is a soft spot for me and it makes me emotional. And I feel like now that I'm older, I just want to give them the best life, you know, ever because they deserve it. Yeah. I can feel that. I do. So I think something that was both a positive and negative though, for me personally was like my parents obviously didn't speak English. And so they would always tell me in school, you have to pay attention because we can't help you at home. They're not good at math. They don't understand social studies or any of that stuff. So like whatever I managed to pick up in class of no- in notes and like doing, like I was on my own to do my own homework. Can you imagine the amount of pressure a little kid must feel to have that? Every time you tell me that, I feel so sad for you. But say it the way your mom would say it. Well, I mean, she would say like, like, yeah, like you have to but pay in attention. Spanish. In Can class. you say it in Spanish? I don't know how to say it in Spanish. Like, it just felt so. Well, I don't know how to say it right now. All right. Whatever. But, but like it was basically that you're on your own. You have and to it's do true. it. But but they pushed for good grades. Yeah. Like they wanted you to succeed and, and do well. And she would go to like parent teacher conference and not understand anything in English. <laughs> she just fucking nod. <laughs> and, and they'd just be like, Dennis is a very good student. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis yeah. is a very good student. Yes. And the Spanish teacher would. Tr- 
try to translate what the other said to her. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. I feel really grateful because my mom, like I said, she's always, she's been unafraid. She was always like, she makes room for herself in a room, even though like the path has not been pa- paved. I've mm-hmm. always felt like that with her. And even though her English was a little bit more broken than usual, she did know English. Um, but there were moments where I would be afraid to say something like I was so afraid to turn in, you know, those pictures that they take of you at the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have to resubmit them in if you don't want to buy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a really mean teacher and I was afraid to confront her and be like, I don't want these. My parents don't want them. So my mom <clears> knew <throat> I wouldn't do it. She just knew I wouldn't. Right. The whole day I was nervous about it. I couldn't sleep. Okay. Yeah. I remember you said that. And I remember, um, I was like walking lunch and I saw my mom at school and she was talking to my teacher about that, about that issue. Yeah. So like, that's so cool that she was willing to, now I look at it at first I was embarrassed. I was like, what are you doing here? You know, <coughs> but I, I was so little and I was just so afraid to tell my teacher, Hey, I don't want these pictures. And I, I just feel really grateful. I love you, mom. <laughs> my parents were really good about extracurriculars though like i was in That's soccer good. a lot i was in school and like a lot of clubs and whatever me too and i was also were you in like those after school things, yeah which basically were just free daycare i was in something called the uh the princeton review which was wow. like a, a school like even though i was in a poverty area we did have resources so i was in the rhode island children's crusade which was a program that um you started in third grade and you would, um, they would pay for your college. Right. And it was just wow. to keep kids off the streets and like to help them in school. Right. So it's kind of like bright futures in Florida, but yeah. it was called the children's crusade in, in Rhode Island. And then I was part of the Princeton review, which was like a test prep. It helped you with like preparing for exams in the future. I was a part of like, you were a very smart kid. Just a lot, a lot of programs. I was yeah. in honors from like first to like ninth grade. Like I said, the only honors class that we had in like yeah. my entire city, right? Whereas for me, I was in fucking Esau from <laughs> kindergarten to like sixth grade because they wouldn't let me leave. <laughs> Listen, there used to be a thing where if you would even write on the application that your first language was Spanish, they would immediately put you in Esau. I Listen, I got so behind in school because I would they would take me out of classes that I needed to be like math. Yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And they would take me to these English classes that I already knew English. Yes. Paula next to me doesn't know English, my best friend, but I knew English and I felt like it really got me behind. And I finally was able to get out. Of when you shit. were in school, was it cool to not be good at school and to not read and like that kind of stuff? Like were kids always striving to do well in school or were they just chilling? There was a little bit of both, but I always gravitated towards the kids that were excelling. I didn't like to be with the. Nuh-uh. So from where I'm from, everybody was like chilling. No one took school seriously. Wow. It was like really bad kids, like just bad. Right. And then like I was just there doing homework at the same time. I just kind of followed the rules. I would do what was meant to be done. But I thought it was really interesting because I've seen a couple new shows on Netflix of like current high school kids and it's very different from when i was in high school even because also for them a lot is like getting into that school that college you want to excelling in exams really studying for sat act no, it was like that in my school but like for me mm-hmm. back where i my home hometown it wasn't that wasn't like the thing yeah and you do mention that when you look at some of your facebook friends from rhode island or not facebook friends when you hear about where they are they're in jail Right. I have a lot of friends that are in jail. 
Yeah. Or so did it kind bad of, things. It kind of does go to show like the surroundings that you were in. I'm surprised you were never influenced by any of that. No, I, I don't know. Remember my, my, I was in the honors class. Oh. So even though so they were your friends, but you weren't associated. So I, at the beginning, it's very weird. I don't know how to explain it to you properly. Like in, in, so well, I can't get too into detail because that would take forever. But okay. at first I would be in a class with normal kids. And then for like, for example, I'm advanced reading. I know They'd that's pull how it me was. away. And then I would do advanced reading with the advanced reading kids. And then I'd come back and then I'd be like integrated again with like exactly. bad kids. That's how I was with me with Esau. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, I was with bad kids up until like sixth grade. Kids that would like open the window and throw textbooks out the window the in like hell? the snow in like December. <laughs> Like kids that would take BB guns to school, oh, no. kids that would like fight outside of school and, and like seeing your friends get arrested is big. Like I remember I, I, I saw a friend that. of mine that got tackled by a police officer like outside of school because he started a fight like wow. terrible. It's intense, man. I, I don't know. My school, my the, where I was from was pretty wild. And, you know, you've always wanted me to go to Rhode Island, <laughs> which yeah. we got the we went to Boston. Boston for the tour. Yeah. Right. But we need to make that trip, honey. Yeah, we do. Let's do it this year. I went year. to Chicago. Yeah. So where you're from. What did you think? It's very nice. It was very pretty, huh? <laughs> Wait till you go to where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, just one one topic that I wanted to talk sure. about, right, was what's a sign that someone grew in poverty? Mm. You know, like I can tell you, for example, I have a couple examples, but I can tell when someone grew up in poverty when they're super anal about like running water or turning oh, off sure, the lights sure. in every room, like conserving our electricity, Literally our parents, like everything is like, it's like every second, like if this light's not being used, you have to turn that light off. And like, everything has to be like, I don't know how to explain it. You know, it. I think a lot about the kids that we are going to have and how freaking privileged they're going to be because we had to live. We were also a very privileged though generation i think it was our grandparents and our parents who really got to kind of suffer for us mm -hmm. and i i think a lot about how yeah like my mom she's always been super anal about about uh, like even clothing you know I, I i feel like i my mom's always said that here in the u.s there's a very huge consumerism problem right where she's like people buy clothes all the time and then they throw it away all the clothes that we never wanted would always get sent back to Colombia to our cousins mm -hmm. to the point where we would go every summer and they would be wearing the clothes yeah, for same. years to come. Same for me. Right. So it's, it's kind of beautiful seeing that how like they recycle everything. <laughs> like they're really good to the planet too. Like they're just, they're conscious. No. Yeah. Yeah. And not specifically my parents, like good to the planet. I'm thinking about like just in general, even like, I don't know. There's just a it's lot just, of that. They can't afford it. And well, so well, it's, it's more of getting more use of, out of what you have, you know, and like taking yeah. it that extra mile. But also I will say um, something kind of interesting about my family is that my mom is a family of 15 and my dad's a family of 12. Mm -hmm. So they were extremely um, tight with like everything, like food and stuff like that. And my dad will tell me stories of like how he had to wipe his ass with newspaper and stuff like that. And, you know, and I don't know, like all these little things that I feel really privileged. Well, there's just like this, this cry running joke of like, did you have a blue toilet? 
Who said that? There's a joke. It's a thing. It's like a thing. What does that mean? Like, is your toilet made out of blue porcelain? Oh. Have you ever seen a blue toilet? Never. So in Colombia, like blue toilets were cheaper to, to install. Oh, really? And so if in Colombia you ever went to a house and had a blue toilet, and, and that was my dad's family. They had a blue toilet. Really? Or if they had like pink toilet paper, which we actually did a TikTok about recently. Was also considered poor? Yeah. So pink wow. toilet paper, blue po- blue toilet paper, any weird, like, I don't think anyone probably of our viewers has ever seen. <laughs> I've just switched costumes like three Pink times. or blue toilet paper before, you know, it's like, it's not a normal no. thing. Um, so making weird snacks out of food that isn't supposed to be a snack. Mm, like the ketchup and rice. Like, like ketchup and rice, yeah. <laughs> or scanning the menu for the cheapest options possible when oh at a God, restaurant. Always. That's always been a thing. My God. You guys I would still, always look for good deals? Not me, my parents. That Wendy's four for four? Yes. I still remember when I first started earning money and I like would spoil my parents and take them out to eat and they would be shocked at what I would buy them. Like typical plates. But honestly, I would spoil the shit out of them. Oh, shit. I picked the kid. Wow. My first fuck up. I finally got the Charizard, guys. Oh, wait. What? Wait, what? Isn't no. that the really expensive thing? No, te preocupes of nothing. How much was that? No, it wasn't a lot. It was a lot. I got a, I got a good deal on it. Here's one thing I do feel. I do think that um, <laughs> I, I kind of have a cheap mentality because of my <laughs> parents a little bit. Like, I feel stingy sometimes and I just can't help it because... That's what all I've grew up to to know. Like my mom would always ask for discounts. My mom would always, you know, there was a shortage of money. There was always like she's. I don't think it's a shortage either, though. I I um, I would say I'm was always poorer than you. Let's say, even though, like I said, I was the best off out of the poor. Mm. And like my mom would always strive to dress me nicely. I, I it's it's funny, right? That's Interesting, true. but like. My fashion sense and interest in fashion and collecting things was through my parents because they opened me up to that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And even though we were poor, at the same time, like I appreciated things. I take care of my things. You know how much I take care of so toys and, yeah. and I'm very like anal about like scratching screens and, and protecting everything because I, I cherished my stuff mm-hmm. because maybe I was poor. I don't know, like that. It kind of goes hand in hand. Um, hmm. Having difficulty throwing things away. I don't know if you feel My like that. My parents are like that. Like they, it's, maybe I have become a hoarder too. I had a, I had a season of hoarding, hoardingness, <laughs> hoardingness. I did, I did. You had a whore, well. a whore season. Yeah, no, I did. I've seen that in my family a lot, and mm-hmm. my parents will pick up stuff from the street all the time, and they're like, oh, "We could use this for this." We could use this for that. And they do. They do really cool stuff with it. They're freaking thrifters. Yeah. Next level. Like off the street thrifting. <laughs> they do some cool <laughs> like shit. someone leaves out a barbecue on the street. It's like Literally. broken. They're like, we can use it. And my dad fixes it. So just the last example to move on to the next topic. Uh, one person said, I grew up poor and my husband grew up middle class. Whenever we have guests, I'm constantly asking people if they have enough food. Oh. And he asked them if they like the food. So it's different. That is she so asked true. quantity or I eat, he asked quality, you know? You know, that's one thing I totally agree with. I remember my cousin in Colombia, he would say that he went to volunteer at this really, really, uh, you know, 
um, what do you call it? Like frugal place in Colombia. Very, mm-hmm. um, I'm missing the word. Ah, when this happens, poor, <laughs> yeah, okay. a very, a very poor place in Colombia. And he said that there's one thing poor people never not have, never don't, never have, don't have is food. Is really? what he was like. He was saying that they're always willing to give you so much, like, and they'll make it out of like nothing, you yeah. know. Like somehow there's this big ass. And do you want more food? Do you want more food? Do you want more food? It's like, yeah, there's always that. What was the size of your TV growing up? I had many different sizes. Mine was tiny. Yeah, I mine had was tiny TV. Yeah, they, like I mean, this. but that's also I think tech and like. You know, we're from 90s. Did you ever see like those people that had like those big plasmas that were like deep, big fat TVs? I think that it took like multiple people to like take. I think my dad had one of those eventually. See, though, we didn't have one of those. Yeah. Like I said, we always had like literally the size of this tablet. Yeah. Tiny TVs to watch like soccer games and stuff. So that's another sign. But anyway, so we're moving into Dennis's (laughs) random. Okay, hold up. Everybody, please. Budget cuts. Stop saying budget cuts because it's not. You're saying as if we're firing him. Dennis's super random facts of the day brought to you by Natalie's hat. Can you show that hat, Natalie? Yeah. Brought to you hat. by Natalie's gardening hat. Actually, this is my gardening hat. Dude, bucket hats are so ugly, but dude, they really help. Did you know, Natalie? Tell me. That 70% of the world still doesn't use toilet paper. Seventy percent. Yep, seventy percent of the world doesn't what do, use toilet what do they paper. Use? So big areas of Southern Europe, Africa, and Southeast Asia use bidets. Oh, interesting. You know how much I would want a bidet? Well, why wouldn't have we invested in one? Well, I've wanted a bidet for like the longest time, but at the same time, were you willing to give ten thousand dollars for a toilet? Ten thousand dollars for a toilet? Yeah. Nah. Nah. <laughs> so on Amazon they do have adapters. Okay. For the like bidets or the toilet or whatever. But days ten thousand dollars. I mean, you're gonna use it every day, probably. So it's kind of weird to have that thing shoot up your butt. They do say that bidets are life changing products. That once you have one, eventually every toilet in your house will end up being a bidet. That it is that amazing. It's pretty now crazy. I feel like I have a dirty ass. That's actually a, goes along with it. That it is much cleaner. <laughs> no, because but, but then someone says, "How do you wa- how do you dry your ass?" That's one interesting thing. Yeah, isn't it? Doesn't it have a little dryer too. I went to my really rich friend's house. You know who I'm talking about, right? No, I don't want to name drop because last so time. So don't I named- just keep going. But do you know who I'm talking about? No, but Damn you don't it. have to say it. You went to her house too. <laughs> she so- had a bidet, and I used it for the first time. <laughs> how was I- that experience? I will say it just feels a little bit like a little too personal. <laughs> it feels a little too personal. But yeah, my booty was clean. That was that. Did they have toilet paper next to the bidet? I don't remember if it aired it. I can't remember. So most people, most places in Asia have toilet paper next to the bidet to dry your ass after it cleans it. So maybe that was what I did. I can't remember. I was just so in shock and it was warm. It has heated seating. It was insane. Everything. So there was an episode of South Park where Randy, the main character of South Park, actually goes to a Home Depot to buy a toilet to switch out old blue. Because I mentioned an old blue toilet. A lot of poor people have blue toilets, sadly. But anyways, 
he asked, he says he's rich because in that episode, he, he actually owns a dispensary at that point in South Park. And so he's like, I'm rich. I'm gonna buy the most expensive toilet you got. And so they take him to the Japanese uh, toilet section. He buys it. And then he eventually starts inviting people to his house to enjoy his bidet. Oh, and cool. so it's a, it's like a running joke that anytime anyone has a bidet, they'll, people they'll, they'll be like, the bathroom is this way. Oh. And then they'll, they'll push people to try the bidet for the first time. I'm curious if anybody here has a bidet. Please let us know. Has it been worth it? And then let's say like a person goes in that they'll stand by the door and like wait to see like what reaction they are they have to the bidet. Interesting. And then in the episode, everybody's like, oh, so, so you want to invest in one? I don't know. Do you want a bidet? Not really, honey. It's not really a desire of mine. I'd rather spend that on something else. I don't know if they are actually ten thousand dollars. It was it was like oh. a like a jokeish kind of thing. Sure, but I would like to enjoy one, and then I'll get back to them about how that goes. <laughs> okay, how that experience was. And then my next random fact is a little bit morbid. You know, I always got. Oh my, no, I don't I, like these. I always got I my like morbid these. facts of the day, right? So there's something out there called third man syndrome, right? Okay. And it's an unseen presence reported by mountain climbers and explorers during traumatic survival situations what? where something or someone talks to a survivor and gives them practical advice and encouragement. During that but time? But it's in their mind. It's as if they're being told by their mind how to survive. It's wow, very weird. That's insane. Right? So... We had, and, and I don't think we've ever talked about this, a, a near life experience where near we death, almost died near death. Sorry. Near death experience. Yeah. In Colombia where we almost got hit by a truck. Do oh, you I was that? thinking the other time. Oh, by a car. That was also. Yeah, we've almost died twice, twice by a car, honey. We got to yeah. add some stuff to our, our life. Yeah. That's crazy. You want to tell them about the first circumstance and then maybe I can, t- and then we can tie it into third man syndrome and like. Yes. Well, I will tell them about. The second one. Okay, tell them. I think that one's the one that I wanted to talk. I didn't really want to talk okay. about the first one. Well, the second one, um, we were on a family trip to Termales, Colombia. It's a beautiful, warm springs water. And we were driving at night and there's a lot of like curves and stuff like that. It's very, very dark. Very dark at night. Very dark at night. In so we're with our family. I think it's about 12 of us on this like big kind of truck type of thing, right? Yeah. When all of a sudden... Was I asleep, honey? No. So you and... Oh, yeah. You were asleep. I woke up. I this. was awake. The driver was next to me. And then we had like eight people behind us because it was like a van. So this is what happened. Dennis and I are in the front. I'm next to the driver. And I wake up to these big headlights in my face. And I see the driver in the in that car. And he's a big truck driver who is asleep on the wheel about to crash into us head first. Yeah. Oh my God. The first thing that comes out of my mouth is, Dios mío. I was like, God. I was like, like literally, I was like, I remember I squished your hand. We both kind of like braced for something. Fiercest hand grab like this. Yeah. We both kind of braced. Like you're holding on for your life. And this was after a long drive. So everybody's sleeping, but everybody awoke in that moment because of the scream and stuff. And you just see this man who's asleep on the wheel wake up. And turn, <laughs> turn that wheel. And the way, I mean, we literally by a hair, it was, it was so dramatic. 
right? Damn it. Hold on. Sorry. I want to do sound effect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was definitely something I even posted about it on Instagram. I was like, Hey guys, like life is too short. Like we literally almost died. So that, like, we would have fallen over. That's is, the other thing. We my, I was awake. Over. You were awake. Yeah. Right. So in, in Colombia, it's very common for cars to go around cars when they're going too slow mm -hmm. around curves. If it's a big truck, they'll go wide into oncoming traffic to be able to go around because curves are very like sharp and, and it's just a weird way of driving. Right. So this guy went wide into our lane, but he was asleep. And so our driver actually managed to flash his head highlights. That's what at happened. Him. That's what woke him and up. And the guy woke up Oh my god! and changed lanes and <gasps> just in time, my gosh, it was so terrible. That would have been really bad. That's the we closest lost we've life. ever been to dying. Right. It was a big truck. That's the thing. It was a big truck. We were much smaller. It's like those trucks that like carry big logs across country. Yeah. Like, like just, Carrying and stuff. we were kind of over something like was it a bridge or was, it was something fucking, over something we bad. would have fallen over. There was no was way terrible. for our car to move to like the side. Like we would have hit it, and and like twelve of our family members. We would. We, we were at the front, so we would have been absolutely just gone. crushed. Like yeah. that would have been. Thank okay. you, God. That was so crazy. In this case, someone was in a really terrible accident, and during it, they awoke to a woman who climbed into the car and sat next to them. Right. Uh, so 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 th they actually see someone. Not like an angel. So the woman who had climbed into his rear seat was holding his shoulder, telling him he was going to be okay. And then he was help was coming. I thought she stayed with me until I blacked out and woke up to a fireman cutting the door and told me that no one was in the car with me. So third man syndrome. It's like you hallucinate and you kind of feel like there's a presence that's kind of guiding you or helping you. I mean, to be honest, what a beautiful thing. Cause like when you're in moments like that, like you need that. You yeah. know what I mean? Words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. Damn, that's interesting. I hope I never see that because I hope I never, I hope I die of old age. Yep. Like old. <laughs> I ask God that every day. Oh, okay. And for my parents. So <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of plans for today, but I mean, we're at the end. Oh, well, look, guys, if you could do us a favor and go on Apple Podcasts and rate us, it really helps a lot. Let us know what you're liking about the podcast and what we could be doing different. This is definitely, like I said, this is something we're going to be doing for a while, 100 episodes in. So we're always learning ways to change it up and we're enjoying it so far. And you could always see us here every single Friday. We do plan on going live. We're going live sometime in the middle of this year. So we can't wait to tune in with you every single Friday, baby. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and hit that like button. Also comment what you want us to talk about in the next episode. And we'll see you next Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Be here. Be squared. Love you. Bye. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Wait for it. Wait for it. Doo -doo. Budget cuts. Doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> <laughs>